Hi, welcome today for Ask a Pastor. I'm joined by uh, three different women who are part of our ministry team here at Orchard Hill. On my far left is Emily Roberts, who leads our children's ministry. Next is Kay Warheit, who uh, led women's ministry at our Wexford campus for years, now leads women's ministry and works with all of the ministry in Butler County as well. And then Emily D'Angelo is immediately to my left, uh, who is uh, leading, uh, along with some others, our women's ministry at Wexford now, as well as working with LifeStage uh, ministry and uh, helping some with, uh, with overseeing what happens in kids' ministry. So welcome. Uh, nice of all of you to join us. So today, we're going to address something that is um, challenging in many ways in the church uh, and outside the church. Uh, this is uh, something we've actually received several questions about this for this podcast. So I've kind of taken those questions and condensed them into what we'll do in this episode and then a coming episode. And so today, we're going to focus on on a passage in the Bible that says, wives submit to your husbands. So it says it in a few different places. Uh, it says it in Ephesians. It says it in uh, Colossians. There's a reference in First Peter as well. So it's not just an offhanded comment. And this has caused challenge in the broader culture and in the church because for many people, they say this feels uh, male hierarchical, feels demeaning in some way. Um, so the first question is really, how do you deal with that kind of both biblically and then personally? How, how do you deal with just the fact that it's in the Bible? Um, how, how do you interpret it, understand it, and then how do you deal with it personally? So um, who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll jump in. I, I think that this word submit can be a little bit taboo in our culture, but I don't think it needs to be if we define it clearly and understand what it means to submit Maybe think of it as serving one another with um, always thinking of the best interest of someone else. If you think about the, the famous passage in scripture on what is love, the definition of love, mm -hmm. it looks like not being self-serving or keeping a record of wrong. Rather, it's about you know, thinking of others above myself, mm. um, not thinking of myself less, but thinking more often of someone else. So I think about in the husband-wife relationship um, that those passages, the letters of Paul, he talks about to families, about submitting to one another. He's not asking women to do something that he's not also asking men to do, mm -hmm. to submit to, to one another and to submit to our ultimate authority, and that's Christ. And so when, when we think about that, that um, you know, this, this challenge, it is a challenge, but it is mutually edifying when we serve one another and submit to one another, mm. whether that is submitting to the authority, bowing my knee. I've heard you say recently, when mm. we submit, we bow our knee, knee to God's authority. And I think that's a beautiful picture of what it means to live under his umbrella of what is best in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so just unpacking the terms a little bit with women is helpful um, um, just to, to see what it, could look like in our lives. Maybe one of you have an illustration of what this might look like in everyday life. Well, I, I do, I hear you say God, and I think that's the, that's the key. This whole verse, or these scriptures in Colossians are about holy living. And if you do not have God in your life, submit makes no sense. It's hard to comprehend why you would want to submit. And I think, personally, I grew up in a single home, I had no male authority, went to college in the 70s when it was women's right, women's liberation, 
And so to come to church, which I love, I came through, through women of the Bible, I came to Christ to know God's love. Mm -hmm. So then when I got married, uh, living independently, paying for my own college education, I'm now a new believer and I'm married to a Christian. And two weeks after we were married, I had a flat tire and I called him at work. He had gone to work before me. And I said, my tire's flat. And he said, well, what did you do before we were married? And I said, I called AAA. And he said, well, then call AAA. <laughs> and I think that the pendulum can swing too far. Now that we're married, you take care of everything. I'll submit to you. And that's not very um, practical. That's not loving what you were saying. I wasn't thinking of him. You fix this and thinking I'm submitting. Mm -hmm. So I think it is, the whole chapter is holy living. You cannot understand that scripture without a God. You can't understand the order, the God of order. I mean, there are seasons, he created the world in days, it wasn't all in one. God is a God of order and when he says there is authority and Jesus came under his authority and the husband is to come under that authority and then the wife, we love order and we don't like rules until it applies to somebody else. Why aren't they obeying the rules? Mm. But it is a God of order and a God of love. And without God, that scripture makes no sense or it's offensive to say you must submit. Mm. Emily, you're a lot younger. <laughs> How do you see it? Well, it's funny because, you know, part of my story is that I'm a millennial, right? And so in, <laughs> And I think hot topic, you know, today you sometimes, I think it's, it could be easy to associate um, honor of women with a progressive mindset, right? And oh, concert, you know, it becomes this progressive conservative conversation where I love that we have a third way in scripture that is, um, is way better than anything that we could pursue progressively or conservatively. And I loved um, how someone put that. I read an article in the Gospel Coalition. Thank God we have a third way that is is different yeah. um, and whole and better. Um, but, you know, of course, I'm from the Beyonce era. That's like, who run the world? Girls. Who run? You know that song. <laughs> and so it's been hard for me to... Um, I was confessing to Emily yesterday, I said, I really, until I got married, which has only been for four years, um, have I, I started, I needed to, I, I needed to be humbled really, because I think that I, um, a big part of my identity was this maybe uh, Beyonce mindset, I call it, of just mm. empowered and I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. And maybe not loudly, but internally I had that in me. And I've really had to be humbled in marriage to realize, oh my gosh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness it's not all about me. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness there is another way, another perspective. I don't know if I'm being clear, but until I got married, I guess I didn't realize the real value of that's, that there is that there is order. That's a good point. Um, that's a good point. And I, I'm still not totally resolved with that in my, in my, inside my heart. I struggle with it still as a wife and as a woman in ministry. Um, so trying to wrap my mind around it, honestly, still, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, so, so what would you say if somebody says, well, even just the presence of the word, whether you wanna call it a third way or whatever phrase you wanna use, is misinterpreting the Bible 
Um, it's irrelevant if it is in the Bible. Um, and it's even damaging to women to, to even use phrases like that from the Bible. And so this is something that should just be um, jettisoned from current vocabulary, from discussion anywhere. What, what would you say if somebody had that, that question or observation? Well, I guess, um, do you think it's important? I, I wonder, because I know I needed to sort of define what Scripture actually says. Mm-hmm. Can we define Please. that? Because, um, so, Genesis, you know, I looked at Genesis before we talked, and maybe, I don't know if we should read that, but, um, you know, Adam first, Eve was second, mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we, I know, Tim, that we're going to talk about First Timothy 2 here um, later, but we've talked about, you know, the complementary view is the view of Scripture, that male and female are, are both made in the image of God, mm-hmm. is clear, that what Scripture says, um, both have equal value and equal standing before God, and yet there are different roles um, in the home, in the church. And so the word that um, was talked about here was complementary. And then I know that there's also other folks that have the egalit- egalitarian, I cannot get that word, mm-hmm. um, view. And so, um, you know, complementary, I don't know if you guys want to add to that definition, but just understanding what the word actually meant was mm-hmm. important for me in the conversation. So, I well, personally, I think when you, have a very healthy pastor who is growing spiritually or a staff, uh, men and women do have complementary roles and they appreciate each other. Unfortunately, uh, in business, you can have men with ego. In the church, you can have men with egos. That, what I say is the, the final. You can have a marriage where a husband says, um, I think a marriage um, in the church, in a business, I do believe it's, you know, uh, complementary. And then understanding again, somebody has to be the final say. And I think that um, you have a classroom, there's a teacher, you have a, a school, there's a principal, there's a superintendent. I mean, there has to be order or nothing gets done and we crave order. Mm-hmm. And in that complementary role, the order is let's work together but somebody has to have the final say. Somebody is where the buck stops here. And I think when, again, you have healthy, spiritually growing um, pastors or staff, that's not an issue. That, that becomes a, a real um, asset to the church. Well, let's, let's ask the women's view, let's ask the men's view, let's have the women do this or the men will do this. But the bottom line is, Jesus chose 12 disciples, and he very much had women who he went to their home. He asked them, Paul worked with women in the New Testament, um, and they had roles at a time, and this is part of Paul's issue, that women were shut up in the Greek and Roman homes. They were not allowed out once you got married. The man went out and had fun, and, and Paul's addressing that, but it's also very modern to me in that Today, a lot of the women are getting married because the wedding is the thing, rather than what, what is your vision? What is your commitment to this marriage? What is your commitment to any relationship that you have where you're working with men and women? Are you out to prove I'm somebody, I have something to say, or you say the vision for this organization, this church, is this? 
So I'm like you, am I making any sense? But, but I do think it is a beautiful thing and that's what Paul's addressing when he says submit, but men love those women. And then men don't abuse your children. Don't, don't discourage was the word in the Bible, meaning turning them away. So it's three together, not women submit, period. Women submit, period. It's men, are you serving God? Are you laying your life down? Yes, mm -hmm. like Christ did for says. the church is what mm -hmm. it says. And again, yeah. if you're not understanding the faith and the love of God and the grace of God, this is harsh. This, mm -hmm. this is, the word submit is not a pretty word, but it is out of context when you, ha you have to look at the whole thing. That's helpful. One of the things I've always found helpful in talking about, especially in marriage, is that any marriage will be in trouble if the wife goes into the marriage saying, you're supposed to lay down your life for me like Christ laid his life down for the church, so you should. Or if a husband goes in and says, well, you're supposed to submit, so you should. As soon as you start with either of those mindsets, you'll end up with a self-serving marriage. And the point, I believe, of, of both the idea of submit and love as Christ loved the church is ultimately selflessness. And, and so if the men will hear the call, which is actually a harder, higher call it is. to lay down your life like Christ loved the church, and will say, my job is to love my wife like Christ loved the church, um, and I don't need to worry about whether or not she submits or what she does or doesn't right. do. Right. I need to worry about this. And if a wife says, I don't need to worry about how he loves me like that, I need to worry about uh, giving deference and, and selflessness into the, my marriage that all of a sudden it doesn't sound so daunting. Mm -hmm. um, but when we just read, wives submit to your husbands and stop, then we say, oh my goodness, this feels right. archaic rather than something that, that actually should transcend all time right. and give some, some hope to people in any marriage to say this is, th this is an idea. But uh, that to me seems to help with people who say this is irrelevant and and shouldn't, you know, doesn't need to be even talked about because it's even damaging to women. But having said that, there are people who, who have used this to oppress and to hold down. So when, when does that become an obvious issue? When, when is it that, that, um, that you would say, okay, now somebody is taking this passage and using it in a way that, that's inappropriate, that isn't helpful, that, that, that needs some boundaries or somebody might even need to get out of a relationship where somebody is, is even somewhat abusive and using scripture as a club or a tool uh, to help facilitate that. How, where, how do you see that? Well, the whole of scripture is life giving and the better way that we've just talked about. Mm -hmm. And so if it's used against someone and in an abusive situation or holding someone down or zapping the life out of their, of their existence, then it's misappropriated, I mm -hmm. would believe, and that should be called out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, exactly what you were saying. If, if um, a woman is submitting without any thought, any discussion, and then feeling abused, uh, feeling like she doesn't matter, dreading um, her husband coming home, dreading a conversation, dreading, you know, I made a mistake and I'm afraid to tell him. Uh, because I need to submit, but again, if it's not out of love, then that, that is abusive, um, and I think there are a lot of signs of that, and I, I firmly believe God did not intend for us to live in an abusive relationship. I think anybody would agree to that, but in the church, I think we are given 
um, it's a misunderstanding that doesn't matter how bad it is, you gotta stay in that marriage. Hmm. And I think there is, there's counseling. I think there are ways for women themselves to abuse. He told me what to do. Um, my husband won't allow me to vote for this person. And it's like, well, you have your own mind. Uh, we use them for an excuse. That's not abuse for the woman. That's abuse, abusing her husband, putting things on him. But I think if a woman comes in and she talks to me and she's crying or she's afraid of her husband, uh, there's fear and there's holy fear. Mm -hmm. I have a holy fear of spending too much money, not because I'm afraid of my husband, but because <laughs> I respect him and, and I don't want him to say what happened to the money. But I do not fear, and I use this coming in the door at night. Um, I look forward to it, and I hear women say, oh, when he comes home, I dread it, or I'm, I'm afraid to tell him this happened. That's not healthy, and that's not submission. That's, that's living in abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's not that it can't be solved or it needs to be dissolved. There, there is counseling and maybe some misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. I thought if I loved him, I would be doing what he said, but you also have been given a mind. And again, that complementarian approach, we need to work together to serve the Lord, not... Um, to just see if I can do everything you tell me to do. So, does that answer? Yeah, Emily, thoughts on that? I don't know if I have any. Um, I think I'd be repeating what they so, said. So, so what? Um, <laughs> so, all of you have been married for a while. You've all been Christians um, and have grappled with this on some level. What would you say to? a young woman who has not yet been married, who believes kind of in the Bible, and I don't mean that disrespectfully when I say kind of, but says, yeah, I generally believe this, but there's some parts I'm not sure about, and this is one of them. Um, what would you say to a woman like that as she thinks about the possibility of getting married and how this, this, this relates to her? Well, we're all individual, and I would say what how are you approaching this? Did you have an abusive father? What, what scares you about this part? And, and I mean, I, I would have to be honest and say, in our marriage, I haven't submitted to everything, not, not on purpose, but I have my own personality. And I think individually, what is it that scares you? What does it look like? And then don't use that verse as your life verse for your marriage. Submit is not the point. <laughs> The point is to, you know, what is the vision for this? And my vision when we were married was to be this Christian couple that, was, that we were going to be successful like other couples we saw. And Matt lost his job within the first year of our marriage. And I thought, what did I do wrong? Why, or what are we doing wrong? Why aren't we successful? So my vision was off. And so then it came to what do I really want? How do I want to serve the Lord? Submission just kind of came in there. Whatever my husband said, it wasn't blind, but it was we needed to be together, we needed to have the same understanding. And then the word, the word divorce um, never, ever, ever came up. So it's, I think that can be an escape. If I have to submit to him, then I'll just leave him, I'll just get divorced. It has to be a, an understanding commitment. And then don't think you can do this alone. You need other couples, you need the church, I'm a firm believer in women's Bible studies that we, oh, you have that problem or, you know, you, how did you solve it? I think we feel isolated and I have to do this, I have to submit and I have to be this perfect wife, which is just insane. It's just, 
It's, that's not the way God, we are to um, be together to live this holy life and not use that one verse as our life verse. Okay. I just, I think too, um, like Kay, you hinted at earlier, it's so easy to look at this verse and to breeze past it because it feels really uncomfortable or it feels, you know, maybe to, to some of us, well, this is wrong. How is this even right? You know, if um, there's not an understanding of the whole of scripture um, and how, how Jesus honored women in a way that was countercultural, you know, and, and so looking at the whole picture and not just assuming, oh, this is so, this is so outdated or this is so old school and this doesn't apply to today. Now I know there are debates where some folks would say, and I guess I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, but particularly, you know, in the Ephesians church, and I know we'll talk more about the church, but I know that some folks would say, well, that, that was just specific to that time. The women were, you know, um, uh, acting out, for lack of a better word, or not well-trained, and so they shouldn't have been teaching. I know that there's some different perspectives that I've had to, um, I'm still understanding and like figuring out and becoming really resolved in what's true about that, but I think that the if we look at the whole of scripture and not you know just plucking something out then I do think that the whole of scripture gives a really broad full picture of you yeah. know that shouldn't discourage a young woman right who, from considering ministry or um, I'm sorry marriage because she feels like she's just going to be squelched or something well I heard something years ago and this wasn't about this issue but um, it's just kind of an old story but that a lady was about to get married and she was in a checkout line and you know was getting ready and obviously was preparing for her wedding and the lady behind her uh just congratulated her on it and she said oh how long have you been married she said i've been married 45 years and the younger woman said well i can't even imagine such a thing and the older lady without missing a beat said young lady don't get married until you can mm. uh and and her point was to say say don't trifle with this if you can't see yourself with somebody for 45 years maybe you shouldn't marry and and to apply that to this situation mm. if you're marrying somebody who's giving their life away to you it probably isn't very intimidating if you're marrying somebody who isn't it feels oppressive and and so maybe the issue is mm -hmm. is saying it's almost set there to be a protection yeah. even before you get married and in, in terms of you know the church in ephesus because it shows up in ephesians colossians first peter it's it's hard to make probably the cultural argument entirely because of how pervasive that is and then you would say well is is the command to men to love as Christ loved the church. I mean, maybe that doesn't need to be today. I, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's hard in one passage to to say, oh, that part's cultural and this part isn't, and and so on. And so so it seems to have a an abiding, um, at least principle that's there. Now, I think it can be lived out differently. I don't think that means uh, it's it's a far cry from things like uh, doing whatever somebody says. I mean, that's not submission mm. at, in any level. That's, uh, that's very different. But, but I think that's a, a helpful thought to say, to say, see that ahead of time as a, as a challenge to say, if I can't see myself giving deference to somebody, 
then maybe that's not somebody that I want to marry. So, so any last thoughts on this? Otherwise, we'll wrap up this, uh, this topic, and then in a future podcast, we'll talk about uh, more specifically the church. Any final thoughts? The encouragement I would give to a, a young, soon-to-be-married woman is a cord of three strands is not mm. easily broken. And mm-hmm. so if you wind your life around the Lord together, mm-hmm. that that's going to be a strong foundation for marriage. And again, it gives this picture of serving one another and seeking him together. Mm-hmm. And it, it shows the world the, the picture that God wants us to show in the marriage relationship. And mm-hmm. that is of Christ and his bride. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you. Thanks for spending part of your day with uh, Ask a Pastor. And if you have questions, you can send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. We'll be happy to address them in the days ahead. Have a great day.